Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the gun violence epidemic in our country. I'm Ty Kersley, and this show we will vote out the NRA. We will discuss the election, voter intimidation, and guest Marty Cummings discusses the importance of this election and standing up for what is right. But first, our in memoriam. In Riverdale, Georgia, 13-year-old Brian Zavala died on October 15, 2020. Brian Zavala was in his front yard working on fixing the lawnmower when a car drove by, then turned around. A ski mask wearing man got out of the car with a shotgun and walked up to Brian and shot him in the face. Brian Zavala died in his father and brother's arms. Jesus Zavala, Brian's brother, reported that the gunman got out of the car, walked up, and shot Brian. What did he do? Jesus Zavala asked. He didn't say nothing. He didn't say, I'm assaulting you, I'm robbing you, Zavala said. No, he just stood there and shot my brother. Jesus said his parents fled the violence in Mexico, hoping to find safer streets here in the United States. We decided to live here for a better life. Turns out it's worse. This is just like Mexico. They kill because they want to kill. That is just what happened, the 16-year-old said in frustration. Brian Zavala was a student at Kendrick Middle School. The family was planning to celebrate Brian's 14th birthday last week. Brian Zavala, we remember you. And now for the news from the Washington Post. As tensions mount ahead of Election Day, a legal battle in Michigan is highlighting fears some officials and civil rights groups have about what will happen when people show up at polling sites with guns, which is illegal in numerous jurisdictions across the United States. Michigan, already the site of election year unease, was thrust into the center of the armed voter debate after state officials announced a ban on openly carried weapons at polling sites, saying guns could intimidate voters or election workers. Gun rights groups challenged the move in court and have argued it forces Michigan residents to choose between their right to vote and their right to bear arms. Many Americans will be able to show up at their polling locations with guns, something that has unnerved law enforcement officials and experts nationwide at a time of pitched anxiety over whether clashes or violence could break out before, on, or after Election Day. Gun rights supporters argue that law-abiding gun owners should be able to continue carrying their weapons where doing so is allowed. Exactly where that is allowed varies widely, echoing the way the country's election processes vary from state to state. There are no national rules on guns in polling places, said Adam Winkler, a law professor at the University of California, Los Angeles, and an expert on the Second Amendment. As with so much about our election system, these things are decided by the states. And because there are 50 states, there is a wide variety of rules regulating guns at polling places. According to the Giffords Law Center to Prevent Gun Violence, which supports stricter gun laws, six states and D.C. ban firearms at polling locations entirely, while another four ban concealed weapons at these spots. Guns might also be outlawed at some polling locations by virtue of where they are housed, such as a church or a school, Winkler said. 
The issue has come up during previous elections, but it is gaining more attention this year, given the fraught atmosphere leading up to Election Day next week. President Trump's attacks on the election and comments urging his supporters to monitor voting sites also have exacerbated some fears of possible tensions at and around the polls. Police have said that they are undertaking unusually extensive planning in advance of November 3rd to prepare for possible voter intimidation or violence, deploying more officers and gaming out possible scenarios. Already, tensions and allegations of voter intimidation have been emerging at early voting sites, which have seen tens of millions of people cast ballots. Police have said that on Election Day, they will be watching for any voter intimidation to help people vote safely and securely. Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson invoked the possibility of voter intimidation when she announced this month that she was banning people from openly carrying guns at or around polling places. The presence of firearms at a polling place, clerk's office, or absentee voter counting board may cause disruption, fear, or intimidation of voters, election workers, and other present. Benson, the state's top election official, wrote in her directive issued on October 16th. Benson wrote that she was banning openly carried firearms at any polling place as well as within 100 feet of any entrance to a building in which a polling place is located. Her directive also said that if a person was outside that 100-foot space, acting in a way that would tend to intimidate, hinder, or impede voters on their way to the polls, election officials should contact law enforcement. Her move prompted a lawsuit from three pro-gun rights groups who said Benson makes an unsupported correlation between mere possession of a firearm and voter intimidation, and argued that her direction was conjured without any legal basis or authorization under Michigan law. Supporters of stricter gun control measures have called for more widespread policies that declare firearms off-limits in such places. The Brady campaign to prevent gun violence has created a petition urging state and local officials to to declare polling places gun-free and said that armed intimidation at the polls is voter suppression, plain and simple. Gun rights supporters, meanwhile, argue that such a ban would force people to choose between two protected rights. You should not have to choose which of your constitutionally protected rights you can exercise, said Eric Pratt, Senior Vice President of Gun Owners of America, a pro-Second Amendment group. You should be able to exercise more than one at the same time. Winkler, the UCLA professor, said people have reason to be concerned heading into this election's final days. Winkler also said that if someone sees a gun and feels intimidated, it might discourage them from voting. So he came down on the side of not wanting guns in voting sites. Polling places are not the kind of place where firearms are likely to do any good, he said. And, given the history of voter intimidation in America, it is best to prohibit guns in polling places. I wanted to bring attention to 866-HOUR-VOTE. It is election protection. So 866-HOUR-VOTE, you can speak to a live person if you have any questions or concerns about voting. And we were talking about voter intimidation Voter intimidation, including armed intimidation, is not only unlawful, but it also fundamentally threatens our shared constitutional right to freely participate in elections. Under federal law, voter intimidation is defined as the use of threats, coercion, 
or attempts to intimidate for the purpose of interfering with the right of another person to vote or to vote for the person of their choosing. Voters who experience or witness armed voter intimidation should call 866-OUR-VOTE, a national, nonpartisan election protection coalition formed to ensure that all voters have an equal opportunity to participate in the political process. Once again, learn more at 866-OURVOTE.org or call 866-OUR-VOTE. Get involved by following us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Gag No Guns. On Insta and Facebook, we're Gays Against Guns New York. Like, share, tweet, watch, repost. Help us get the word out. And to find out more about having a fabulous time with us, please go to gaysagainstguns.net. You can learn more about our gag chapters in located nationwide. We're everywhere from L.A. to D.C. to Chicago to P-Town. And you can learn how to create your own chapter. And the biggest way that you can support our show is become a WBAI buddy. We are a unique show. You can call to pledge 516-620-3602. You can donate online, www.give2wbai.org. You could send a check to Pacifica WBAI, 388 Atlantic Avenue, Brooklyn, 11217. But get out there, open up your wallet, and support us because you know you are an activist and you are part of community radio. And you especially know that when you give to WBAI and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. So thank you all. My guest tonight is Marty Cummings, who is an ally to Gag and political activist. I invited them to speak about this election and the importance of researching your local candidates. Welcome, Marty. You're on Radio Gag. Uh, well, thank you so much for, for chatting with me. I'm, I'm super excited. I, I want to bring up a couple of things, and if you don't feel comfortable talking about them, we won't. But I, I have kind of this, I feel like I have a need to call people in my life that I am not talking to because of something they put on Facebook. <laughs> um, I feel like I... I'm kind of lost, especially with people in my family who have given me nothing but love my whole life. I'm going to do a last ditch effort and talk to some people, but how do you look at this election as defining friendships or family or anything like that? I mean, it's a, uh, it, it, we're, oh man, this election is, your, so- is that, is that the, I'm sorry. Did I start off too deep? I'm sorry. I just, no, not at all. I mean, this, this election is incredibly personal. Um, it's so personal because the the fundamental human rights of so many people are on the line. Our 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 uh, our country is in upheaval, right? Like the rights of immigrant community, black community, LGBTQIA plus community, the rights of women are under attack by this administration and by the GOP and then pushing through a Supreme Court justice when Merrick Garland was denied a seat. So it's personal because people's rights are on the line. So for me, uh, putting up boundaries is important. 
you know, my, my, uh, I didn't invite my brother to my wedding after the, the 2016 election. Um, because my thought was, if you support somebody who doesn't support my marriage, then you in theory are not supporting my marriage. So you don't need to be here. Um, was that I met, it, I'm sorry, was that met with an understanding or? I mean, it wasn't. but you know i have no problem if people don't understand the gravity of what the gop and this administration are doing i don't need to have them in my life i can explain i can plead but at the end of the day i need to stand up and do what i believe is the right thing and that is doing everything in my power to get this administration out of office and and okay. that goes not just for the white house but down ballot who's running in the state office who's running in local offices it's important to look at at every single candidate everything is so kind of sensationalized and we need to look at who are the candidates that are uplifting the most marginalized voices among us you know and who are the candidates that are working to take their rights away it's pretty cut and clear to me who the the good guys are and who the bad guys are and and um we need true progressive candidates across the board what would you tell our listeners to really be looking out for do you know of any races that we should be following or anyone we should be um <laughs> well i mean it's i i think it depends on where you where you live you know like there there's races happening all over the place so so i would say just look at you know, do some research before you go and vote. Find out who's running for state office where you are, who's running for state representation, and how have they voted in the past um, for legislation if they're already in office, or what are the things that they're working to enact if they become the representative. So I would just say, like, really do your research before going to the the polls, wherever you wherever you may live. Right, exactly. And I think this year we also have people who have never uh, run for seats before who have a lot of momentum behind them. So. I think that's the biggest sign of hope is that you have so many new people trying to get in the game to, to fix things, hopefully. Oh my God, that's so, like, that is so exciting. Like, there's so many people who are first-time candidates who are getting engaged in the political process in this way for the first time. And that's where our, our political process should be. Like, we should be able to be a system that doesn't just work for, like, you know, the good old boys who have been in politics for a long time, but one that allows new people to come in and to have people who represent the the communities they're they're running in how about your uh momentum do you feel like what what's keeping you going with your momentum as far as this fight we can't give up um it's okay to you know take those moments of self-care and pass the baton to someone to run the race you know a little bit while we rest and then we can take the baton up again and keep keep going um but we can't give up there's too much on the line um and uh so what keeps me having momentum is knowing that like i firmly believe that goodness always wins and it may not happen today or tomorrow but we have to keep fighting so it does how about uh being on the streets in new york how has that um helped do you think being able to do actions and rallies and or marches or, or anything you've been able to attend Um, New York is the greatest city ever. Uh, I love it. And seeing 
the community come together and so many different communities come together to fight for Black Lives Matter and Black trans lives and to speak out against the injustices happening in this country in the middle of a pandemic, you know, has really shown how incredible New York is. Like we, I love this city. Uh, it's been incredible to, to witness. Um, and I've been proud to be a, a small part of it. Well, thanks for speaking with us tonight, Artie. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm I'm so grateful and I'm so excited uh, that you you had me and I love Gag and I would do, go to the ends of the earth to support Gag. Once again, this is Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Over the weekend, Gays Against Guns partnered with At Ruckus 2020, and I wanted to play a clip of our own Jay Walker at that event. On June 12th of 2016, a disturbed man walked into the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida, and murdered 49 human beings and injured over 50 more. Within a couple of days, Gays Against Guns was founded. We went on to March 1000 strong, two weeks after Pulse, and that year's Pride March. Five months later, the greatest horror that I've ever seen in this country happened, and Donald J. Trump was elected to be President of the United States of America. From that moment, I and I'm pretty sure all of you have been out in these streets nonstop hoping for some way of getting this maniacally fascist egomaniac out of office. We have done everything within our power to do it, and this is our last chance. We have to vote him out. We have to vote in a new Senate. We have to change this country for the better. Over the course of the last four years, what I have seen is the connection between the gun violence that is ever present in this country and the systemic racism and homophobia and misogyny and xenophobia and all of the evils of the human condition that Donald J. Trump represents. They all spring from the same font of insecurity, of anger, of inchoate anger at things that people don't feel that they can even express properly and so they metamorphosize it into a hatred of the other, whichever other they choose to hate. And that is what this resistance movement has been about. It is about finding those connections and resistance to all of that hatred. Myself, I have learned more about women's issues. I've learned more about disability issues. I've learned more about the issues that face immigrants in this country through my work on gun violence prevention. We are all part and parcel of the same movement and it is a movement that stretches back decades and decades and decades back into our history. 
So this week when I go to do my early voting, I am going to carry the memory of those 49 lost souls at the Pulse nightclub. I am going to carry the memories of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X gunned down. I am going to carry the memory of John F. Kennedy and Robert F. Kennedy gunned down. I am going to carry the memory of Abraham Lincoln gunned down. I am going to carry the memory of the communities like Rosewood and Greenwood. Black communities that were completely destroyed by gun violence, by fear of other, by hatred of other, by a desire to keep white supremacy to be the motivating factor in the existence of this country. I will carry all of those souls into the polling place with me and into whatever little cubicle they have me fill out my, my ballot in. And I'm asking you to carry Carry them all. Carry our trans brothers and sisters who are being gunned down by police. Carry our black and brown brothers and sisters who are being gunned down in the streets of this country by a law enforcement apparatus that is run amok. In the last two weeks, we have seen gun nuts plotting three completely different plots to kidnap or murder Democratic politicians, the governor of Michigan, two separate plots to murder Vice President Joe Biden and Senator Kamala Harris. These are the people that are running rampant in our streets and they have been given strength and protection by this administration, by the administration of Donald J. Trump. And this next 10 days is our last chance to take a final stand, to stand tall against this hatred and this division that has run rampant across our society. It is a backlash to all the progress that was made in the last 100 years. It is a backlash, but it is not a real change. We are the real change. We will be the change. We are the change. Yeah! Thank you. Yeah! Okay! All right, J.W. Walker. That was J.W. Walker, a fellow gagger, and I want to thank him so much for that passionate speech. Uh, that was from a video on our Gaze Against Guns Facebook page, uh, where you'll also find more photos and videos of our gag actions. Uh, please watch and share with others who may need that extra motivation right now. I want to give a hell yeah to Marty Cummings for being on the show. You can learn more about Marty at Marty for Manhattan. That's all spelled out. Dot com. A special thanks and hell yeah to Jay Walker for your strength words, and inspiration. We want all voters to stand strong and be safe. I want to give a hell yeah to the election protection volunteers that are combating illegal voter intimidation. Please check out 866ourvote.org for more information or call 866ourvote if you have any voter intimidation to report. Thanks for listening. We're on WBAI every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or any major podcast platform. Once again, we leave you with our fabulous political singing quartet, Sing Out Louise, with their parody, 
resist and shout. Thanks again. Have a great night. Shake it up, baby, now. Resist and shout. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, baby, now. We're gonna vote them all out. We'll vote them all out, honey. We'll make it understood. We got the GOP running now. They're gonna get what they should. Shake it up, baby, now. Resist and shout. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, baby, now. We're gonna vote them all out. Bump, bump, bump. Come on, come on, come on, come on, baby, now. Come on, baby. We're gonna vote them all out. Vote them all out.